Today's daf is Ayin Gimel. We're beginning at the bottom of Ayin Beis Amud Beis. Tan Rabbanu, we learned in a brisa, three lines from the bottom. Ger noisim amzeres di Rabbi Yosi. Rabbi Yosi is of the opinion that a ger not only can he marry into Kal into regular Yisraelim, but a ger is also allowed to marry a mamzeres. We'll have to explain why that is. Rabbi Yehuda Aimer. Ger lo mamzeres. He's a ger. He's allowed to marry a regular Jew, but he's not allowed to marry a mamzeres. So that's the first halacha, and there's a machlokus concerning the status of a ger vis-a-vis a mamzeres. Second halacha: echad ger, echad eved meshuchrar v'chalol mutarim bekehenes. So these three classifications: a ger or an eved meshuchrar, which also has the status of a ger, or a chalol, who is a product of a, uh, pro- a, a prohibition that a Kohen was not allowed to marry, let's say a Grusha or a Kohen Gadol to a Lalmano. So in those cases, the offspring are considered Chalolim. They become disqualified as a Chalal, and the mother herself becomes disqualified as a Chalolo when she has that union with a Kohen. So even though those prohibitions are on a, a, a man, the Kohen himself, not allowed to marry a, a grusha, not allowed to marry a gioras, not allowed to marry a meshuchreres. The flip side, in terms of a woman who is a bas kohen, so she has the status of kahuna from her father, but the prohibitions don't exist. Is I mean, she is allowed to marry a ger, she is allowed to marry a uh, evad meshuchrar, she is allowed to marry a chalal, because the prohibitions that are placed in the, for kahuna, specifically kahuna, are only on the men and not the women from the tribe. Now, this is only if the prohibition is specifically kahuna related. For example, if it's more than that, if it's a mamzer, mamzer makes no difference. That's not, that, that's, a, that's an Israel kahal, that's an Israel on the entire kahal Israel, that men and women are equal. But when it comes to the psule kahuna, that's only on the men and not on the women. So that's so. Let, let's now circle back to the beginning. So we had a machlokas of Yosi and of Yehuda. Is a ger allowed to marry a a, a mamzeres? Is a ger allowed to marry mamzeres? So one wants to know my time of Yehuda. What is the basis for Yehuda's permit that a ger can marry mamzeres? And when it says chamisha kahalik sivi, there are five times concerning the uh, uh, prohibition of lineage, of genealogy, where the word kahal, kahal means the congregation of Israel. Five times it's used. Rashi brings them down. The first time is written by mamzer. Lo yava mamzer bekal Hashem. It used the word kahal once. Second time it says also by mamzer. Gamdar asiri lo yava lo bekal Hashem. Even up to the 10th generation, someone who has the mamzer gene, he's not allowed to marry into kahal. That was number two. Number three, it says... Concerning an Ammoni and a Moavi, it says, Lo Yavo Ammoni Moavi Bekal Hashem. Third mention of Kal in terms of uh, genealogy. Fourth time it says, Gamdor Asiri Lo Yavo Bekal Hashem. Again, the Ammoni and Moavi, even up to ten generations, mentions Kal, that's a fourth time. And the fifth time he's talking about by the Egyptians and their Domim. So the Mitzri and the Domi, it says, Dor Shlishi Lo Yavo Lahem Bekal Hashem. Up to three generations, they're not allowed to enter Kahal. So Rashi explains as follows. The Torah mentioned Kahal five times. We could have put all of these things in one big Pasuk. In one long Pasuk, could have said, Mamzer Lo Yavo, Mamzer, Amoni, Amoavi, uh, all of them, Lo and by the Mitzri, it says, Lo Yavo Lachem Adar Shlishi. Why not just say all together in one Pasuk? The fact that it mentions it five separate occasions, so you can dash in something with the word Kahal all five times. So what do we learn from this? So the Gemara says like this, if this going according to Rabbi Yossi, who says that a Ger is allowed to marry a Mamzeres, so, or, or, or the other way around, or a Mamzer is allowed to marry a Gioris. Gemara says like this, Chad Lekohan, if I would have just said, a Mamzer is not allowed to marry Kahal, I would have said that that's the holiest of the kahal. That's referring to, is not allowed to enter, marry into a family of kahanim. But Levi Yisrael, maybe a mamza would have been. So therefore, chad leviv. So the second time I mentioned kahal to expand that the what's considered kahal is not just the kahanim. Leviim are also included in kahal. That's the second time it mentions kahal. The third time is chad Yisraelim. So therefore, if I would have had kahal three times, a mamza cannot marry. 
into the um, Kohanim, cannot marry Levian, cannot marry Yisraelim. Now, why is it mentioned Kal a third time? What's that drusha come to teach me? So here, it, it, fascinating, what it teaches me is as follows, is V'chad, this is the fourth time, it's telling you is Lemishri Mamzer Bishtuki, to tell you that a Mamzer is allowed to marry Eshtuki. Now, Eshtuki, we said, was a Suffolk Mamzer, right? That he doesn't, they don't know who the father is. We'll see in a moment. So telling you that a mamzer is allowed to marry into a shtuki. Why? Because the fourth kahal teaches you that it's only not allowed to enter where it's a vada'i kahal, where it's a vada Yisrael. But it's a sofeg, because it's a sofeg mamzer. We don't know if he's a Yisrael or not a Yisrael. So therefore, a mamzer is allowed to marry. So it actually comes out being a leniency. And the fifth one is to teach me that the shtuki himself is allowed to marry into Yisrael. So Shtuki goes, swings both ways. He's a mamzer allowed to marry Shtuki, and a Shtuki is allowed to marry into Yisrael. How do you see that from the fifth Kahal? Because it says a mamzer is not allowed to marry into Kahal. But it means only if it's a mamzer vada. A Suffolk mamzer, Shtuki, could marry into Kahal. So therefore, that's the five Kahals. One for Cohen, one for Levi, one for Yisrael, one to teach me that a mamzer can marry a shtuki, because only a mamzer is not allowed to go into a kalvada, but it's a suffolk kal, mamzer is allowed. And the last one is the shtuki himself is allowed to marry into kahal, because the Torah only asked a mamzer into kahal. A suffolk mamzer is allowed to marry into kahal. So that's what the five kahals are for. Now, what's the point? According to this, there's no one for gerim. There's no uh, prohibition that a mamzer is not allowed to be, you don't expand the concept of kal to include the gerim. So gerim are not ikri kal, that's the Lashem. They're not included in the kahal of where a mamzer is not allowed to marry. Therefore, if Yossi holds that a, 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 a mamzer is allowed to marry a ger, because a ger is not included in the kal. There's no extra kal to include a ger. And therefore, a ger is not prohibited from marrying a Yisraelis or a Yisroel, and a ger is also not precluded from marrying a mamzer because there's no pasuk extending the kal concept to gerim as well. That was the opinion of Rabbi Yossi. Now, what does Rabbi Yehuda hold? Rabbi Yehuda says that Kohanim and Levim, since they come from the same tribe, they come from Shevet Levi, you don't need two, two separate kahals for them. So if it would have said kahal, that a mom's not allowed to kahal, that would include Kohen and Levi. Now by including Kohen and Levi together, you open up one more kahal, or five of them. Now we don't need one for Kohen separately, Levi. So what's that last one? For Gerim, that Gerim are considered kahal, and a mom's is not allowed to marry to kahal, he's not allowed to marry a ger. That is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda, Kohanim and Levim, they could be learned out from one call. You don't have to get separate ones for them. So I to lake la call gerim. So one extra call is now open to include in the concept of call gerim. All right, and that's why a mom's not a married gear. Vibai's aim or another explanation for the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda is Haninami And You could argue Kohanim and Levim really aren't the same, and therefore they do need a separate kahal, one for Kohen and one for Levi. They do need to be included separately. And uh, uh, and, and, and therefore they do so that you don't have that extra one. So where's the extra kahal then if you, if you say you cannot combine kahal with him? But he says that, that the, the four and five, which we learned two halachas for four and five in the Sheet of Rabbi Yossi, one was to teach me that a mom's, one of the kahals was teaching me that a shtuki is allowed to marry a mamzer because it's only a, a, uh, a mamzer is not allowed to marry a vadai kal, but a suffolk kal, a mamzer could marry, could marry a shtuki. And the other one tell me a shtuki is allowed to marry into Klarisol because only a mamzer vadai can't marry Yisrael, but a suffolk mamzer could. He says, mamzer shtuki, bishtuki, bishtuki, those four and five could really be learned from one kal, michad kal nafka. Why is that? Because like this, the Pesach says, lo yavo mamzer bekal Hashem. You only have to write kal one time to teach me both those halachot. One, first of all, mamzer is mashmur vadai mamzer hudelo yavo in bekal Hashem, but a shtuki could come bekal Hashem. 
and Amam the Suffolk Yavoy. And the and the second halacha, but Kahavadai, it's a a a mom is not allowed to marry Kahavadai, but he is allowed to marry a Suffolk Kah. So Mom's allowed to make Stuki. So according to this Evice Ama, you can really combine four and five again, freeing up one of the Kahals and then including Kah Gerim that they are considered to be Kahal and a Mamza would not be allowed to marry a Ger. The Ebois Ema, and a third way of uh, perhaps uh, possibly answering of Yehuda, is Ebois Ema, Haninami Trey Kahalininu. That no, that you do need for four and five to teach me those two alochas, that a Mamzer is allowed to marry a Shtuki, and that a Shtuki is allowed to marry into Klaus, so you do need two Kahals for that. The Talmud of Yehuda Mahach, and of Yehuda actually found a sixth mention concerning Kahal that includes Ger into Kahal, into the Kahal of uh, Hashem, Kahal of Klai Yisrael. Where do we see that? So he says like this, the Pazit says, HaKahal Chuka Achaz Lachem Ger. Now this actually I think he's referring to the Korbonus. He's talking about the type of uh, Mincha, the type of uh, uh, offerings that are that, abroad, and the Pazit says over there that HaKahal, seems to be redundant, says HaKahal, the congregation, and then it continues saying, Chuka Achaz, there should be one rule, Lachem for you, as well as the convert that lives in, in, in your midst. Now, that extra call that's written at the beginning of the Pasuk, you, Rabbi Yehuda applies, that it says that it applies to you and to the Ger. You're all considered to be Kahal. So therefore, that teaches me that Gerim are considered, it's like a sixth word mention of Kahal, that Gerim are considered including Kahal, and therefore Mamzer, when it says not a lot of Mary Kahal, it's not a lot of Mamzerim either. Rabbi Yossi says that you cannot learn that last sixth one to, to include Gerim, because the Pasuk actually is not connected directly to Gerim. It says, Akal, Chuka Achas Lachem, should be one rule for you, and the Geragar. Now, if we would have said Akal, the Geragar, next to the words Akal, then you could say that, that Kahal is coming to include Geragar as well. But since it has the words Chuka Achas Lachem, that, that uh, in, interrupting the word Kahal and Geragar, so therefore Rabbi Yozzi says Chuka Achas and that last Chuka Akal, whatever he does use it for, but it's not coming to include Geirim included. In, uh, in, in Kahal, and therefore, according to him, Kahal Geir in Lo'ikrikal, and a Mamzer can marry a Ger as well. Okay, let's continue. This was the last part of the Bryce that we started with today. Echad Ger, Echad Evid, Nesuchrar, Vechalo, whether it's a convert, whether it's an Evid that has been released, or whether it's a Chalo, right? Mutar and Kohenes, a Kohenes is allowed to marry them. The prohibitions that apply to a Kohen do not apply to a Kohenes. Says more, Messiah lay Lerav. Says more. This supports the contention of Rav. What does Rav hold? To Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav Lo Kshelos Female Kohanim, female Kohanos, actually that are kosher. Their father was a Kohen. Are not prohibited from marrying the those who are unfit to a Kohen. So daughters of Kohanim are not prohibited from the same people that a, a regular coin could, is, is prohibited. And that's why this, this, this Brysa is supportive of that because Brysa says that a Kohenes can marry a convert, a freed slave, or a Chalom. Let's go back to it. The Morris says like this, the Abzeira was asked to give a shear in the city of Mechuzah. Now Mechuzah had a high number of Geirin, right? So Mechuzah had a lot of uh, converts in the city of Mechuzah. So he got up there and he darshan ger mutter mamzeris. That a ger is allowed to marry a mamzeris. Now they, the the, the converts of Mechuzah, took that as disparaging because basically he's saying that gerim are not considered part of kahal. When the mamzer is prohibited from marrying a kahal, he's not prohibited from marrying a convert because convert's not part of kahal, which they found disparaging. So it was around Sukkot's time and everyone had their esrogim with them. So they figured, you know what? We have something to do with the esrogim this year. And they threw their esrogim at Yavzei Ragmuhu Kula Alma Esrogayu. They all pelted him, they threw their esrogim at him. So Amar Rava, when Rava heard about this, he said that it was foolish. That's not what, you don't go to Mechuzah and the first thing you teach is that a Ger is allowed to marry a Mamzeres. That is something that is disparaging. So that's not how you should teach, what you should be teaching. There is a way to teach that law without disparaging them. 
Tomorrow says like this: that it makes sense that anybody should go and teach such a halacha in a place where there's so many gerim. So Darish Rava Mechuzah, when Rava's turn to teach the Shir in Mechuzah came along, he was able to sneak in the Halacha in a more positive way. He started off saying that a ger is mutter v'kohenes, that a ger is allowed to marry a baskoe. Now that is uh, lauding them, that even a, a kohenes, a ger, once it converts, can marry a baskoe, which means that, that that's, that, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's considered to be, that we consider to you the full-fledged members of society. You can even marry a Bas Cohen. So Tanuhu Bashiroi. They, uh, they, 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 they swaddled him with silks. They covered him with silks to show their appreciation for the fact that he was uh, commenting how high a status a Ger has in society. And then Amr Lahu, and then Hadad Darish Lahu, he went and he said, Ger Mutam Amzeris. Then he snuck in, you know guys, you can also wear Mariam Amzeris. So then, then they said back to him, at least this time they didn't stone him. But he said, Amrulay, they said to him, I've seen the You have now ruined you know, the, the, the praise we gave you for the first comment you made. Because once you've said we can marry Mamzeres, that's like disparaging us. So Mori says like this, Amrulahu, he says, guys, think about this. The Tavalahu Abdulahu is, I'm doing something that is for your betterment. This, this is good for you guys. You swing both ways. If you want to marry a Kohenis, you can marry. If you want to marry a Mazeris, you can marry. But I'm not buttonholing you into a low echelon society. I am actually broadening you. You have options that a regular soul doesn't have, so therefore you should be happy with it and not feel discouraged. The Hilchas, so what's the Halacha? Lamaisa, Ger Mutter the Kohenis. A Ger is allowed to marry a Kohenis, even though a, 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 a Gior is not allowed to marry a Kohen. But a ger is allowed to marry a kohenes and mutter be mamzeres, and a ger is also allowed to marry a mamzeres. Mutter be kohenes, you not to marry a kohenes, like the, the, the drosha that we had of Rav, that law whose haru kosheres we know that women, bas kohens, do not have the same uh, prohibition of marrying those that are disqualified to a man that's a kohen. Because they're not included in Kahal, and therefore the Mamzer is only also level of a Kahal, they're not also to marry a Ger. Let's go on. The Mishnah in the beginning of the parak said, Eileng Shtuki. A Shtuki is also to marry, we said, into regular Yisrael Levi and a Kohen Levi Yisrael, but a Shtuki can marry a Shtuki. Right? So it says, what exactly is a Shtuki? So we said, Kol Shemakir that he knows his mother, but he cannot identify his father. It means really what we're going to see, a shtuki is a child born out of wedlock. Single mom, out of wedlock. Now, we're going to play the percentages over here. What are the chances that this shtuki is actually a mamzer and it's prohibited? So I'm a rover, dvar Torah shtuki kosher. That we're going to see, even though the Mishnah said a shtuki cannot marry a Yisrael, but really in Torah, says Rava, a shtuki should be able to marry a Yisrael. Why? Why should it be kosher? Because my time, but what's the reason to say that he's not? Rov Kshedim Etzlo. Since she is single, the majority of people she could have had relations. I mean, if she was married, we're going to see that's a different problem. Because if she was married and it didn't come from the husband, then the child's for sure a mamzer. Because Aisha's ish. But she's not an Aisha's ish. She's a Pnuya. Since she's single, the majority of people that had relations with her are going to render this child kosher. Why? Because Rav Kshem Etzlah, only a small percentage of the people would make the child possible disqualified. Let's speak out. Who, how is it possible this child would be disqualified? Will Chorah only be disqualified if either it was a mamzer that had relations with her, or it was an ancestral relationship? One of those relationships that she's not, that no, no one's allowed to have. But that's a very small percentage of the pool of who could. Raji says even an even an overkachovim or a ger would not be problematic because uh, because the child would not be a mamzer. Might be considered pogum a little bit, but would be full fledged allowed to marry Yisrael, like we learned before. So therefore, so therefore, again, and they just lost the internet here. Uh, it would be. It's only. Um, 
It's Rav Sherem Etzlo, Miyutir Psulin Etzlo. Now, we know that when it comes to the laws of uh, following the majority, there is, whether it's a Xeris HaKasuv or whether it's a Svara, but there is a distinction whether the, the Suffolk in question, remember, was it bought in the store and you don't remember which store you bought it from, or did you find the piece of meat in the, in the public domain? So now, the, so too over here. Now, if she stayed at home and one of these potential fathers came to her, the Suffolk is in the, in the place of its origin, so then call the parish, Merubah parish, then you follow the laws of Rome, that whoever separated uh, and came to her, whoever came to her was uh, the, that, that, came, that whoever came to her was from the majority, and the majority Aksherim Etzlo, the child will be kosher. And even if you tell me, maybe she went to them, so she went to them, takes away the robe, but it still leaves it as a suffix, it's a 50-50. So my armor, maybe she went to them, it's 50-50, and we already learned, that only a mamzer is not allowed to marry a regular Yisrael, but if it's a suffix mamzer, right, so then, uh, so then, Mamza Hutu Adah Hutu Lo Yavo, Ha Mamza Sophic is allowed to marry Yisrael. Now, the second ruling that's been poured down here is not pertinent to what we're discussing right now, but since those two halachas were taught together, it brings it down. And also, Bakal Vadai, and it's only that a, a, a Mamza is not allowed to marry a person that is Vadai a Yisrael, Lo Yavo, Ha Bakal Sophic, but a Shtuki, for example, is that a Mamza could marry Shtuki. Again, that second ruling is not pertinent. What's pertinent is the first one, that what are you concerned about the Shtuki? that he can't marry a Yisrael. Why shouldn't he be able to marry a Yisrael? First of all, majority of the role is that the father was kosher. And even if, uh, and, that, and, and that's if she, if they came to her, and even if she went to them, still would make it 50-50. And 50-50, we learned that it's only a mamzer vada is not allowed to marry a kala. A Suffolk mamzer is allowed to marry. And therefore, either way, the shtuki, we don't know the father is, the mother's a single mom, the Stuki is mutter to marry to Klai Yisrael. It's only we're going to see the Matam Amr Stuki Apostle. So why did the Mishnah say a Stuki can't marry into Klai Yisrael? Because what it says over there is Gzeira Shem Yisa Achosam Yavu. So what is a very interesting reason? What's the reason they asked the Stuki? Because what were they concerned about? Stuki doesn't know who his father is. So he goes, he's allowed to marry a regular Bas Yisrael. He goes and marries a Bas Yisrael. We're concerned, you know who he might marry? His father who was the father Shtuki, ended up settling down, having a daughter. And this Shtuki now by, might be marrying his paternal sister. So therefore, that's why they said a Shtuki cannot marry a Bas Yisroel. That we are worried. What's that? Just don't turn on the video. Maybe it'll give you more bandwidth. Okay. I should turn off my video also? I'll turn off my video too. So the point is that, that the Shtuki is, is, uh, is, is, over here is that, that why don't, if, if in fact that Minatora, the Shtuki should be allowed to marry a, uh, a, a Basi. Yeah, turn off your video just. So if a, if a Shtuki is allowed to marry into a, uh, is allowed to marry in a Torah, a Bas Yisrael, so why don't we allow it? It says because, it, even though the one is going to say it's really an outside chance, but he doesn't know his father is, he marries a girl, maybe that girl is his paternal sister. So we don't allow a Shtuki to marry a Bas Yisrael. That is the reason. So he wants to say, Reshem HaYisrael, because he might end up marrying his paternal sister. So Moses is like this. Okay. If you're worried about that, which is like, it seems to be a little bit of a far out concern, so then why is it though, the Mishnah implies a Shtuki is allowed to marry another Shtuki. If a Shtuki is allowed to marry another Shtuki, how do you know, right, this girl shows up and she's a Shtuki, he doesn't know who her father is. And you're a Shtuki, you don't know who your father is. How do you know that this girl that you're marrying you don't have the same father. So why are we allowing a Shtuki to marry another Shtuki if you're worried about him marrying his paternal sister? So Elam Atta, Shtuki, Shtuki is lo Yisro. A Shtuki should not be allowed to marry another Shtuki. 
So when I say like this, that eh, now we don't worry about because like this to say that every act of znus in the community was perpetrated by the same person, we're not going to say. So anytime there's a single mother that has a child, oh, it's the same father who did it, we're not worried about. But chances are that even if he did it one time and now your father was the stuki, it chances are he did settle down, he did get married, and therefore the daughter that you have from that marriage could be your paternal sister. So that we're, we're saying is more... Uh, logical to assume. But to say that you're a shtuki and because you're a shtuki and somebody else is a shtuki that you had the same father and this guy basically went and was mazana with every single mother that we're not going to be concerned about. And when it says that Kihani mazana va'azli we're going to say that, that this man who we're concerned about was the one who went and performed all the promiscuous acts of the community that we don't allow any shtuki to marry another shtuki we're not concerned about that. But for sure shtuki that there was a person who was Mazana, he lechora makes sense that he settled down and had a daughter. That makes more sense. So one says, "Okay, fine." Now, but but I'll give you another scenario that should be problematic. We know that if a father did settle down, okay, let's say somebody, let's say like this. I'm sorry. Let's say the case. Let's say a woman is a a a, a, a woman is a stuki, right? A stukis. Now. She went and she got married. She's allowed to marry Yisrael, right? The saying is that she's allowed to marry, or, or even I was saying rather, there's a she couldn't. Let's say she married a ger. Shtuki's allowed to marry a ger. So she went to marry a ger. And she had a daughter. Now that daughter would get the same Shtuki gene. Because it's a bas Shtuki. The mother was a Shtuki, she doesn't know the father. She doesn't know who her father was. And she went and now, and now there's a daughter. Now even though this daughter knows the father was a... Uh, it was a, it was it was a ger, but she still is a considered a shtukis because her mother was a shtukis. She's a bar shtukis. Now, if she wants to marry somebody, let's say she wants to marry someone who himself is a shtuki, right? She wants to marry someone who himself is a shtuki. So this shtuki now wants to marry the daughter of a shtukis. So from our mishnah mashma that a shtuki is allowed to marry a shtuki. Anyone carrying the shtuki gene can marry one another. So he's allowed to marry a bas shtuki. Why aren't we concerned that he's marrying, marrying that her mother, right, her mother and him had the same father, right? He's marrying his paternal sister, basically. Well, it's, would be paternal sister. The mother was a shtuki and her mother was his sister. We worried that her mother was his sister, so therefore why aren't we concerned that the... And in such a case, it's coming through a marriage, right? So it should be, why aren't we concerned? Let's see, Bashtuk is lo yiso. We should not allow a person to marry the daughter of a shtuki. Shema yas yiso achosa mi'avit. No, you're right. It's his paternal, it might be his paternal sister. How might it be his paternal sister? Right? Because he doesn't know who his father is, and th- her mother might have shared the same father with him, right? And therefore, it's his paternal sister because they both... How's it, how's it his paternal sister? One second, let's just figure that out. How's it, listen, again, her mother was a shtuki, didn't know who the father was, right? And her mother gets married to a uh, to a ger, right? Has his daughter. But that's not, that's wouldn't be a problem. It's a that wouldn't be the father wouldn't be a ger. But now she has a daughter, and he doesn't know who his mother is, right? Mother so is therefore, dead. maybe his mother is the is is, is the ger. That's the problem. Maybe. It's the ger was the was was the so and and the ger didn't do anything. It did maybe one act of snus, but now the ger got married. So why aren't we concerned now that he's marrying his sister? When it says el efo, therefore el to be concerned about something like this is really not a common thing. So then why don't we allow a shluki to marry Yisrael if it's really something that's really uncommon that he should end up with his paternal sister? So el my loss of yuchsin is that we just wanted to set standards. You should know. We don't want people going around having 
unwed children. And therefore, and if you do have an unwed child, and we, and we don't know who the father is, we're not going to allow that child to marry into Clara. So even though technically the, the playing the percentages, we should allow it, we don't allow it, just so that people should know, behave yourselves. That we want to keep pure lineage, we want to know who fathers are, we don't want there to be a situation where people don't know who the fathers are. That was a stringency that they made. Okay, now that was the end with the... the 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 uh, uh, with 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 the shtuki. Now the one says like this: asufi kosher. We had the last case of the last classification was an asufi. Now asufi was found, gathered in. He doesn't know who his father or his mother is, right? So this kid was with no father. So we're going to see basically the same cheshbon. Why can't an asufi technically marry? Uh, uh, at Bas Yisrael, why do I say he's not allowed to? So really, I was advised to my time, huh? because Aishas ish bebaila Because chances are that why is this uh, child being abandoned, right? What are you worried about? Because maybe the child was not the child was from a, a, a marriage, right? Percentages are that if a child is from a marriage where it was a married woman, right, who would be the father? Right. The husband. So therefore, that Aishas is Babala that a married woman is going to say that it's the father. Now, even if it wasn't, this is the point over here. Let's say she knows that she got pregnant and it wasn't the father. She would not just go ahead and abandon the child because what would she claim? What would a mother claim? A woman that did commit adultery. She's saying it's ugly. So it still wouldn't be a reason to abandon the child. So therefore, so, there's, so chances are that even if the child is illegitimate, but he would not be abandoned because she would say it belongs to the father. So my eco, so what other chances are that because the child was illegitimate, she did abandon the child? Because of what? Because a mute of Arusas, because it could, maybe the child was born, remember there's a, there's, a, there's a period of time, usually with 12 months, where she's an Arusa. Now if she all of a sudden, three months in, is pregnant, she's not going to be able to say it was the husband, because the husband knows he hasn't had relations with her, because she's only an Arusa. So maybe she abandoned the child, because it is a mamzer, because it did come from, and she's not able to say it. Or, or another case is, right, the husband uh, is off in China for the last nine months doing business, and she walks around, she's got this big belly. She can't say in such a case that the child belongs to her husband. Her husband hasn't been around. So in such a case, she might, that might be the case where she abandoned. But it's a, major, it's, it's a minority of scenarios. Majority is that, uh, that, that, that if she did abandon the child, it's not because the child was a mamzer. All right? So now, and, and by the way, who says that the child himself was a from a married woman. Came in the Ikepnuya, maybe the mother was unmarried. The Ikanami Mahmas Rabon. Or maybe the reason we were trying to figure out why does a woman uh, abandon her child? Why would a woman put a child, abandon in a, uh, a, a child that right? So now if it's because of illegitimacy, is that generally she could blame them. Now there are some cases where she cannot. And therefore, maybe she abandoned them in those cases and it's to be a mamzer. Who says that this child's mother was married? Maybe the child was a, uh, from a single mother. Can you understand? A single mother can't take care of the child and therefore she abandoned the child. All right? So therefore, or maybe it's never, they couldn't take care of the child. She feel like you know, in front of the fire station, somebody will take care of the child. She can't feed the child. So maybe it's because of... Uh, the child is, is, is they, they, they can't afford to, afford to feed the child. So therefore, it's at least a good chance, 50-50, that this child is not necessarily a mamzer. Therefore, this child in a Torah should be able to marry a Bas Yisrael or a Yisrael, depending if it's male or female. 
Like we saw, the Torah only permits a mamzer to come into the Kal Hashem. If you know for sure it's a mamzer. Mamzer vada hu de lo yavav. It's mamzer vada. But mamzer sofeg, but if it's a sofeg, is then it's mutzel kal kal Hashem. Now the second again, the second aloch again, it's not necessary just because they learn together. And the kal vada, a mamzer is only not allowed to marry a vada, a vada, a a mamzer is only also for marrying a vada Yisroel. But a mamzer is allowed to marry a suffolk mamzer. Shtukin asufi, a mamzer will be allowed to marry Yavon. Anyway, the point is so if in fact playing percentages, if they could a suffolk and a suffolk should be allowed to marry Yisro. So matam amrups a sufi posel. Same thing what I was saying by Shtuki, right? Shema Yisro achosa mi aviv, because he might end up marrying his paternal sister. sister. He might end up marrying his paternal sister. Now, question over here, why are we not concerned about it being his maternal sister? Right? We don't know who the mother is. Right? So Gmona says like this. So, uh, why are they more concerned about the father and the mother? So Raji says as follows. Raji says that when the Asufi gets married, all right, and you know who the bride's mother is, so then you can see, is she a woman that is considered to be a righteous woman? Then we don't have to assume that she gave up her child. That's what Rashi says. You see, the mother is based on who the mother is. You don't have to be concerned. By the father, though, we're more concerned that, uh, uh, that he did something that he should not have done. By a woman, you can generally that for her to do something that she's done, it's hard for her to high, high that. By a, far, by a man, it's much easier, and therefore more concerned by the father. But anyway, the point is that this is Sufi too. Why don't we let him marry any, any regular woman? Because that might be marrying his paternal sister. So, Sufi, So then I understand, if that's the problem, then why do you let one Sufi marry another Sufi? From our mission, it's much, but they're allowed to marry within each other. So why is that a do it? Maybe Shema Yisa Choisabas Beima Avi Beima Imo. They both assume from here. You have to be worried about maybe you're marrying paternal or maternal sister. So when it says Kohani Shadav Azlim, you have to. You are, are you assuming that every single child was abandoned by the same women? Right. That'd be hard to assume that. All right, fine, says the Gemara. Okay, I understand. That's why you're not going to worry about one Asufi married. What about a Basa Sufi? Like we had before, a daughter of a Sufi should not marry an Asufi because there, Shema Yisacho, so why aren't you concerned that there, her mother and he had the fa- same father and therefore he's really marrying his sister? So, says, so, right, so why aren't we concerned about that? So, El Eloshiach, because obviously it's not something that's common. So if it's not Shia, then why are you worried about an irregular Sufi that he's marrying a Basisro, that it might be marrying his, uh, uh, his sister? So, again, it's the same idea. It's just to set standards, to set uh, standards by Yichas, how important Yichas is, to send out that particular message. That's why the Chacham said it's also. Let's go back to it. Now, what Rava now is about to do Rabbi Bar Rav Huna, he's saying is that sometimes based on the sta- state that the child was found and showing how much care the parent had for the child prior to him being found can also indicate that the child is not a mamzer because if the child was illegitimate, they would not have taken such care of him. So even though he's a Sufi, we don't know who the father and mother is, there is no even a suffix that this child might be a mamzer based on how he was taken care of. So therefore, Amarova, Baravuna, Matzai Mahul, they took the time to circumcise the child. So if they took the time to circumcise the child, so therefore, we should not classify this child as an, uh, a, 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 a Sufi. He should not be viewed illegitimate and he should be permitted to marry a Bas Yisroa. Now, Mishalte hadome, right? This means that his limbs are straightened. So Rashi brings down shotim, but it's very interesting. The first shot Rashi brings down is that we're going to go with it. Is that when a child was born, they used to straighten the limbs, like we find by Shifra and Pua, mm-hmm. right? They used to, and if this child, we saw that there was that take. They took care of him to straighten his limbs. It also shows 
that, that the child is not illegitimate. They would have not shown such care if the child was illegitimate. Similarly, he was massaged, massaged with oil, with ointments they put on him. With a certain type of powder they used to put around the eyes to beautify the child. He had certain herbs. They used to tie certain herbs for medicinal purposes around the child. Around, uh, uh, or Tali Piska, he was wearing an amulet that was that the psukim or things they used to do to protect the child. Tali Kamea, sometimes an amulet, they had amulets made out of spices that was on the again, again to protect to ward off evil spirits. Right? All of these show a certain level of care or concern, and the child is not a Sufi. Tali Tali Badikli, the 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 the. The, the basket that the child was in, they found suspended from a, from a, from a palm tree. If it's low enough that it can still be reached by a wild animal, so it's still considered a Sufi, they didn't take enough care to hire, put the kid high up to protect him, so therefore that, is a, that would be classified as an Asufi. But but if an animal is not able to reach it, means they took enough consideration and care to put the animal high enough the the, the, the child that shows a certain level of uh, consideration. And the Einba Mishum Asufi Samicha He was found a certain type of tree is known as a sorb tree. A sorb tree close to the city they used to be mazikin. The mazikin used to like to hang out over there. So if the parents just hung him from this tree. And it's close to the city. It means they were not even taking into account that the mazikim hang out over there. So then, yes, Moshe Masufi, you have to assume that there's an Asufi. But if they found a tree that's not that close to the city, and therefore mazikim would not be that prevalent over there, ain't Moshe Masufi. Beiknishta, they, they left him in the shul. Now the shuls usually were on the outside, outskirts of the city. If it's close to the city, and a lot of people use that shul, so obviously they wanted the child to be found. They're showing some consideration and compassion for the sign. Child, we don't consider it to be an asufi. But in love, but if it is a shul that's hardly ever used, then yeish b'mishum asufi because obviously they're not interested in they're just interested in dumping the child and not as much as the child should be found that shows that there is some problem mm-hmm. here and therefore the child should be considered asufi. Amar Ameimar, hi pira de sufli. They used to have a ditch that they used to put date pits after the pits the date was eaten the pits were thrown in there and they used to use it and feed it to the animals. Now that also was a place where mazikin. These damage, these these damaging, these demonic forces, damaging forces to hang out. So yeish b'mishum asufi. They put the child in such a pit. They weren't concerned about the damage from the mazikin. You have to assume that it is an asufi. Charifta de nahara. Let's say the child was left like Moshe Rabbeinu in a basket, but they put it in. They bedavka chose a channel that would take it out into the center of the river because that's where the uh, boats or rafts that would go through would find it. So they took the time out to ensure that the baby was put in a place that where the, 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 the uh, currents would take it to the people that were on the river. So then, again, that shows consideration, and it's not a Sufi. Pashi, but if they leave it right at the edge of the, of the, of the river, where the melting water is, literally, the melting ice, the melting uh, snow, and it doesn't, it, it, it's an area where nobody goes, and therefore that shows no consideration whatsoever, so then, you have to assume the child is an Sufi. Now, in, in the public place, in a, in a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a public thoroughfare, you have, you have the opposite. If it's put on the side, and therefore they were made, they were careful to put in a place where it will be found and won't be trampled. Then Angle Mishum Asufi. Then we're not concerned about it being a Sufi. They put it in the middle of the Rishus Rabim, No consideration as to whether the child will be trampled. That indicative that there is an issue here. And Yesh Bo Mishum Asufi. Worried about a Sufi. Now Rabim made a statement, and we're going to have to clarify it. I'm a Rabim. Bashnei Ravon, if we're dealing with a year where there is famine, that's years of famine, then Ein Bomishum Asufi, we do not concern ourselves with a child being an, an Asufi, right? Now, the one who wants to know, what, there, were a, there were a number of different 
cases and categories that Drova had mentioned before. So which case is he saying? But if it's a famine, the child's not a Sufi. Hi, Drova, hi. That statement of Rav, where is it being made? In the case of the public thoroughfare. So, I, so therefore what? So if it's in the middle of the thoroughfare, then if it's a famine, it's not a Sufi. Well, and in a famine, they shouldn't be careful to put the child in the middle where he's going to get trampled. I did a Rav, because it's a famine, what, they're going to get the child trampled, they want the child to die, get shot. So therefore, the fact that it's a famine should have no bearing. If it's in the middle, you put it in the middle of the street, it's a riot, there's an issue, and the child should be in a Sufi. It makes no difference, famine, no famine. Whereas on the sides of Shufarabim, it shows consideration that you don't want the child to get trampled. So again, my area Shnei Rabin, why does it make a difference whether it's a Yura famine or not? Even if it's not a Yura famine, they're showing consideration in order that the child should be trampled. child should not be in a Sufi. So Rabba wasn't talking about in Rabin, where it says it makes a difference if it's a famine or not. Ella ki itma de Rabba, when Rabba's statement was made, aha, on the following, the Amr of Yehuda Amarabi Abba, Amr of Yehuda Bar Zavidi Amarab, that this was attributed to Rav. What did Rav say? Rav said, if a baby was found in the marketplace and the baby is still there and, to, and the parents show up and say, that's our baby. So, they're believed to say it's their baby. I mean, they uh, regret, they got guilted. Or they, they went, if they say it while the baby is still there, they're believed to say that's their baby. But once the baby has been gathered already from the marketplace and already been given the title Asufi, if the parents show up, they cannot change the baby's status. You need two witnesses to be able to change the baddie st- status on that. Because already the, there's been a legal presumption, a chazaka placed on him that he's an asufi. Then, Nesav in a shuk, they're not believed. My time, what's the reason? Because I'm a rabbi, hova yotzal of shem asufi. Once he's already been given the status of an asufi, then, then you cannot change it. On that comes along Rava and says, I'm a rabbi, but if it is a famine, now what happens, unfortunately, when there's a famine, a lot more ch- people are abandoning their children. Why? Because they can't afford it. Can't, can't take it. So in such a case, even if a baby was gathered in, the mother and father will be believed concerning the status of the... Uh, now... The one shot, Rashi says, because since so many people are abandoning their children, they, they, their, their children, the rabbis were more lenient, even if the baby had been ca- gathered, because they, they don't want to give, t- classify so many children as asufin. They were a little bit more lax in allowing the parents to be believed, even if the, they were gathered in. The, that, that's one. The other shot is, is that maybe they only did, they wanted to see someone uh, they feed the, the kid. So therefore, it's not because there was some other problem. Since they only did it because they want someone to feed the kid, therefore, that, therefore, the title of a Sufi, which normally is given, is not as powerful because we understand why the child was put there to begin with. There's less reason to believe that it's illegitimate as more reason to believe that it was just an issue. Therefore, they, it's not like they're fighting against the chazaka that was put on it already because that's a weak chazaka to begin with during the years of famine. They're believed even after the child was gathered in. Amr of Chista. There are three categories of people that they only believed about something if it happens immediately when the suffolk arises. But if some time passed, they're not believed to come and, and, and state what they are, want, want to state. Now let's see what they are. Eluhein, a Sufi, the case of an Asufi. Chaya is the case of a midwife. Upoteres Chavrasea, and a woman that's trying to release her friends from being a suffolk nida. And we're going to go through them. The case of a Sufi is like we explained before, is like Rav's uh, did. That if you want to say the child is not a Sufi, it's our child, it has to be immediately in the marketplace. Once the child's already been taken out of the marketplace, parents are no longer believed to say the child is not a Sufi. So it means that it has to happen immediately while the child is still in the marketplace. Chai, what's the case of a midwife? So the case over here is a, a, a mother got, has twins. Now, there are legal ramifications as to which twin was born, was born first. What are some of the ramifications? Bechor. So therefore, now how do we know who the Bechor is? The midwife. She's the one most suitable 
to determine which one is the Bechor. So it says the Sanya, Chaya, the midwife, is Nehmenes Lomar, Zeh Yotza Rishon, Zeh Yotza Sheni. This is the firstborn, and this is the secondborn. Under what circumstances? As long as she did not leave the room and come back. Once she left the room and then came back, she does not have that believability. That means it has to be immediate. It can't be that she left the room. Now, Rebeleza seems to be arguing. We're going to see what he's arguing, Tanakama. He says, If she's still remaining in her position, the position that they are there, right, uh, uh, Bill Cosby used to say, so we catch her. Like, if they're still in that, in that position, then, then she's believed to say which one is the, uh, is, is, is the, is, is, is the, uh, is the firstborn. Nemenis. But Imlav, but if he's not in that position, she's no longer believed. What's between the Tanakama and Rabbi That She turned away. She turned away from the mother. Now, according to the Tanakama, as long as she hasn't left the room, she's still believed. But according to Rabbi Lezer, if she's not in the position as when she accepted the babies, then and she turned away, she's not believed anymore to say which one is first, which one. Then you need Adam to come and testify. Let's go weiter. What's the case of that she is believed concerning uh, her friend's Nita status? The Stan Gluntana Mishnah. Three women are sleeping in one bed. And blood was found under one of them. Kulantmeos, the more need explains, we're afraid that maybe they moved around at night, and the dam that's found is not necessarily from the one that was found beneath. It could have been for any one of the three, and therefore all three of them are Safek Nidam. So Badka Akas man, if one of the women checked herself, the Nimzas man, she found that Taka she is a Nida, so she's believed Hitmeya to say the blood is from me, and that partners up the remaining two, that the remaining two are not considered to be Safek Nida. On that, Amram Chista, Shabbat Katzma Kashir Vest. It has to be immediately. She has Shir Vest means immediately, immediately when she gets off the bed, she has to check herself. Because if she waited some time, then maybe then she became the Nida. She wasn't the Nida right away, and therefore you cannot rely on her testimony. Tanu Rabbon, we went to Bryson. Nemenes Chai Lomar, Zeko and Zelevi, Vezen Nosim, Vezen Mamzer. So you have four women give birth in a room. She's believed to say, this child came from the Kohen, this child came from the Levi, this one is from the Nosim, that's, you know, a lot of marriage to cholesterol, they were from the Givonim, and this child was the Mamzer. That's only if there wasn't a challenge against her. Let's say someone is challenging what the midwife is saying. If there's a challenge against the Adam, I should not believe. Then what is this? What does it mean that there is a challenge? So, means one person is contradicting her. You said that's the Kohen. That's not the Kohen. That was the lady. One person. Yochan says that in all, when it comes to status, to change status, you have to have a, a, a challenge of at least two witnesses. One is not enough. So it can't be that one person is challenging the midwife. So when it says, okay, it must be that she's believed, and if two witnesses challenge her, then she's not believed. And one would not be enough. Ebois Ema, the more gives another explanation. Let me say it outside, we'll see it inside. When do we say, when did Rabbi Yochanan say that you have to have two, is when there is a chazaka established. When you have established chazaka, so to break that established chazaka, you have two, two witnesses. But here, we don't have an established chazaka. You're just, the only thing we have is the midwife herself saying it. That could be, if that there's immediately a challenge against that, then there wasn't a chazaka established that you can go ahead and say, oh, I need two witnesses for that. Maybe they even won is sufficient to break it. Maybe it could be one. When did Rabbi Yochanan say you need to have two to break, uh, to, to go against, uh, make you create a valid challenge? We've already established a chazaka concerning someone. Now you want to change that chazaka, you have to have two witnesses. But you have not established that chazaka. Child was just born. The midwife on her own, maybe that's not strong enough to establish chazaka that requires two, then chad man, even one person will challenge it and you have to have a better proof than just the Hernemonas if it's been challenged even by one person in this particular case. And we'll stop over here.